bringing you around the world right from your desktop. VoiceAmerica.com. Hi, I'm John Gaunt, the host and curator of the Augmented City Podcast, and I'm here in Hollywood at the Infinity Festival, where world-class technologists and storytellers are actually weaving culture and code. And I'm joined by John McKinnis, who is a founder of McKinnis Scott. So, John, thank you very much for speaking with us today. Well, thank you very much for inviting me on. Okay, excellent. So, let's get a bit of background story on McKinnis Scott, and then what is what are the main thing that you're displaying here at the Infinity Festival? Okay. Well, my background uh, has been an interesting journey to get to this space. Um, I was actually in Hollywood, I've been in Hollywood 15 years uh, as a screenwriter for movies, and um, I happened to get hired to make the video game Call of Duty. It's Call of Duty Advanced Warfare, so some seven years ago, I guess it came out in 2014, um, and starred Kevin Spacey. Um, but that was my first exposure to a gaming world, uh, but also the use of game engines, uh, photo real characters, photo real immersive worlds, interactive narratives. Um, so that was really a revelation. So up until that point, I've been writing, you know, traditional Hollywood movies, um, and it was that experience that really led me on this path to uh, first VR. Uh, VR was kicking off in a big way in 2014, right. 2015. Um, so I thought this is a space that I really, really need to get into creatively, as it's incredibly exciting. Um, um, just seeing what we could do with the game and then taking that game technologies and applying them to non-gaming content, whether that's movies, AR, VR, whatever it is. So um, I formed McKenna Scott with Remington Scott, who I met on Call of Duty. He was the uh, performance capture director. And uh, we started making uh, VR. Uh, we were just mm. so enthusiastic about it. And we made a, a couple of really good demos that got us a lot of attention. Okay. Um, that were kind of very photoreal, um, narrative sort of base. He was also very interested in music as well. So again, I'm going to talk about David Bowie in a minute because that was the, the origins of that was to create uh, you know, music performances. And then that just evolved uh, over the years. Um, the, the types of jobs that people uh, we could apply our skills to. Right. Um, we got into AR. We actually won the, the 2018 um, uh, Lumiere Award for Best, best AR. Hmm. Um, and then that's taken us up, up to date. Right. Now, most people's idea when you talk about using a game engine for making narrative content, they're thinking of machinima. What is the difference between what you're doing with your photo re- photorealistic uh, systems and what people's ideas are about using game engines for machinima? Um, well, you know, using a game engine, we primarily use Unreal. Um, there's just so much you could do with the Unreal engine. I and mean, this is right. an off-the-shelf off <laughs> Hence engine. the name. Yeah. Um, <laughs> And as a creative tool, um, it just opened up a lot of possibilities of, of doing anything. So, and actually, we did a, a TED talk called uh, Digital Alchemy because you can really conjure up anything if you, if you want right. uh, with, with a game engine. So the creative tools and the palette just seems so incredible and also the interactive element of it you know, for storytelling. So uh, you know, as I said, after working on Call of Duty, I came back to Hollywood. I was like, well, why aren't we, why, aren't we just, right. why isn't everybody using game engines? And, and yeah, I'm kind of stupid in some ways. I sort of, I see, I see a good idea. Or I think it's a good idea. Why don't we, why don't we do this? So I've been evangelizing about this for quite some time in Hollywood. And it's very interesting that this 
this year the Lion King comes out, which was of course <laughs> yeah. made in, in, in a game engine, and it's, it's a, it makes perfectly logical, natural right. sense, and um, it's really great. Now I can point to that and say, hey, look at that movie that just made $1.3 billion for Disney, and it was made in exactly the, using the methods and technologies um, uh, that I've been you know, uh, espousing for quite some time, and many other people are espousing. So. But effectively speaking, uh, for McKenna Scott, you consider yourselves craftsmen and artists before being technologists. You're using, you're basically using other people's technology. In yes. A, in yes. So you know, Unreal is off-the-shelf technology. Sure. All of these technologies are, are off-the-shelf. We, um, I think, it's a very interesting equation that you know, I'm essentially a, a creative. I'm a screenwriter, so I'm interested in right. story and character and what is the experience. You know, hmm. uh, the technology is just the means to get there, but in order to get there, you really have to understand how the technology yeah. works. So it's, this, it's a very good dance. I really like working with uh, technological people and, and I, you know, I'm absolutely getting my hands dirty with my team and understanding what their problems are, even if I don't understand the full complexities, but I understand it at a certain level to understand how that bit fits into the bigger equation to create the, the larger experience. So, yeah. Right, but you're, you're, you're story-led. So tell, uh, tell me a bit about the, the David Bowie exhibit that you've got here. Okay, so um, I think since day one we wanted to create David Bowie. Um, I'm a massive David Bowie fan. Um, Thanks too. And um, and it's sort of the perfect storm for us. Um, as, you know, aside from you know my personal desire to to resurrect David Bowie, um, you know David uh, as a hugely iconic character has a massive fan base. Um, incredibly visual, mm. um, huge, uh, connecting to different generations. And of, uh, unfortunately, David's no longer with us. So right. there is the sort of um, uh, desire but you know well, yeah the desire to maybe if you were going to resurrect somebody in some form you know right. what what could that be so um it seemed to make sense for us and we understood that you know we wanted to, you know our job is basically to prove out these technologies mm. so that they become viable uh consumer products or experiences that people can engage with and so to uh you know to make a music performer you know bring them back and do all the things that we can do in an in a game engine right. um and prove that out because it, it's always amazing that you know people have this idea conceptually but uh, until you actually go out and do it they're not interested. you know when we first got started i you know first things like, oh well, we, need to, we need to go and raise some money yep. to do this <laughs> stuff you know because it's it's not cheap always and even at the height of VR, we, we couldn't really raise any money because, you know, sure, I had my credibility as the writer of Call of Duty and all this stuff, but uh, it wasn't. So basically self-funded um, our first demos, uh, and we just went out and did it. Hence, and, your you know, mind was very focused. Yeah. <laughs> so we just went and did it to prove it. And then when we proved it, we often then got work jobs, you know, that right. then had proper budgets attached to them that then we could really expand uh, on our pipeline and really solve you know bigger problems. So that's often the way we work. We you know we go out and we we make something conceptually that we think would be super cool and interesting and prove a point with the technology. Mm. And then somebody sees that maybe at, at the Infinity Fail Festival sale they'll see our, our David Bowie and they're like, oh okay we get it now there it is because uh, that's the trouble with working at the cutting edge of technology. It's like People don't believe it until they see it. Right. And if you try to describe it, you, you don't know which altitude to fly, yeah. uh, depending yeah. on your audience. Yeah. Well, you know, a lot of people, when they think of David Bowie, they're, they're thinking, you know, incredible musician, made a lot of good videos. But he was also very much a renaissance man when it came to technology. He had an ISP, did uh, tried to do some, they called it cybercasting in 1997 yep. Yep. from a Boston concert. And he was also a very serious art collector. Yeah. Um, so in that sense, where do you see 
some of the uh, the things that he brought. You know, speaking technology as a second language. You know, what, what what advice would you give to new creators from David Bowie's example of how to basically just plunge in and uh, and swim intelligently, not flail, but yeah. uh, go in a direction. Well, you know, uh, David Bowie is both an inspiration for the work, you know, in terms of his own work, but uh, his spirit as an artist right. uh, was, was was just incredible. I mean, he was pushed boundaries in everything he did. Um, he always was doing new stuff, was only interested in new stuff, didn't really, you know, retread uh, familiar territory. Uh, and if he did, he did it in a way that right. was, you know, a conversation with that. Uh, I mean, it's kind of amazing. You know, we, we're here with a... a, a photoreal avatar of David Bowie, real-time uh, captured with the Xsense suit, so you're using a dynamic headset, uh, dynamics um, facial cam system. Um, but David actually has already been an avatar. He was in an avatar at the end of the 90s um, mm. in a video game. Um, which, so which one? I'm, uh, I'm blanking on the name. I've actually spoken to the creator. That, um, um, but um, so he did this in the late 90s, the, you know, complete motion capture. Uh, I mean, the technology was obviously at a, a different stage, but he was very, very conversant with all of these things. And, and, and you know, whatever age he was at, he was looking at different tools uh, to express his creativity. So um, I really just feel that, you know, we have been inspired and continuing that creative spirit and uh, no, no better person to honor in what we're doing by doing that with David and so I kind of believe his spirit is, is with us on that well you know in 1999 he did an interview with Jeremy Paxson on in the BBC uh, where part of that interview is he was speaking about the internet in 1999 and so let you know put it in a little bit of uh, context you know Bill Clinton had just been acquitted from the Monica Lewinsky scandal to throw it to, to talk about how far back that went in time but he was talking about how a piece of art is not complete until the audience comes to it, mm -hmm. participates in it, mm -hmm. adds their own interpretation to it, mm -hmm. and what the piece of art is about is this gray space in the middle. Mm -hmm. How do you see some of the, um, the technology affordances that you're working with mm -hmm. enabling that process to really take roots where people actually aren't like the Greek chorus observing a story, but they're actually living inside it? Um, that interview is, is, is very, and it's actually very interesting going back and looking at that interview now, and it's come it out and you still think, blows my wow, mind. Wow, how incredible that vision was, you know, yeah. you know back in that day. So yeah, in incredibly inspiring, and and exactly what he said, what he was talking about was the the power of the audience, and I think actually um, that the value of David Bowie's legacy is really held in his audience mm. now and what they do. And part of what we want to do with David Bowie and other artists is really explore what that new engagement with audiences can be. So there's obviously a legacy audience of people who sure. are David Bowie fans, you know, my generation and above and below that. But, you know, I really want to create a David Bowie ex experience that some 15-year-old kid would go along to and not yeah. know who the heck David Bowie was but have the most amazing, mind-blowing experience and then go off and listen to all his sure. music and really understand what that was about. But in terms of the... Um, idea you were talking about the, the the role of the audience changing and becoming part of that as we can see you know just in the last 15 20 years right. it, it's all about users and what the fan base is engaged with and these technologies um uh, uh, enable that because they are essentially uh, um in interactive mm. and there's a, there's a feedback loop that, that goes on so that's very much part of our uh, my equation in terms of the the conceptual creative things that that i'm uh, building in that regard. So when now when you're talking with the quote-unquote industry about how to uh, engage these, these audiences, you know, we, we built a whole large cinematic and game industry based on some time-held practices that 
some are still, they'll always be there. But how do you see the industry evolving to start incorporating the audience more and more into these experiences? Mm. It's interesting because the industry starts at the level of their IP, their product, whatever it is, their, their movie, their video game, their brand, um, and then like, well, how to engage the audience. In a way, I've sort of flipped the equation because if, I go, I, mean, if, yeah. if I go to you know, David Bowie's estate and say, hang on, you've actually already got this massive, massive audience that we can engage in new ways and then through that engagement, engage new audiences and expand your audience. So it becomes a very much a, a conversation with the audience. And as I said, the technologies that we're using are all interactive. So if you're going into a, you know, an interactive screen that you're seeing, mm -hmm. the audience is already engaging. Like they're engaging with David Bowie sure. and he's reacting to them and they're reacting to them. So you have a relationship going on already just in that simple interaction. Now take that into VR if we do a location-based VR experience that then you are, are engaging with that experience, then you know you become the author of what that experience is right. by your preferences, by your desires, by what it is that you want to see. And that can also feed back in terms of what we are making. So uh, the audience is really, really exactly part of this equation um, and about that. And I say like, you know, the, the, the technologies, you know, game engines, all, all these things really conspire to, to make that a very interesting equation. Okay, two last things. It's Infinity Festival 2019. What would you expect for like 2021 as far as like the capabilities either that we've got right now that will be, you know, ready for prime time or some of the new evolving things? And then lastly, how do we find you? So first, 2021 Infinity Festival. What do you hope to see is happening either in volumetric capture, in the, the industry itself? Let's start with that. Um, I don't know. I, I've... Uh I've learned not to really make, yep. make predictions of the future. Um, I thought eggs very good for, <laughs> for the skin. <laughs> um, I don't know. I, I, I very much like to live in the present. And part of what uh, my mission is with working with technology is actually to keep it very much in the present. I'm really like boots on the ground. Well, what actually works right, right. now and how does that work? Because I can put it up on the screen or put a, somebody in a headset and that's actually happening. So... All the sort of sort of predictive stuff, all oh, that's going to happen, that's going to, all the predictions, invariably, prove not to be true. But they're supposed to be vital for planning. <laughs> well, that, I, actually, I think you know, uh, being um, light, flexible, and you know, innovative um, um, is much more important than planning. Planning only gets you fo so far. Excellent. Know. Okay, so how do people find McKenna Scott? Um, uh, you can call us up. <laughs> yeah, that, that. <laughs> Step one. We've got, we got a website. Um, yeah, mckinniscott.com. Um, but yeah, I'm on Facebook, John McKinnis. Um, LinkedIn. Um, yeah, Google me. Google me, John <laughs> okay. McKinnis. <laughs> okay, excellent. Well, John McKinnis from McKinnis Scott, thank you very much for speaking with us. It's today. been a pleasure. Yeah, excellent.